This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, time to ID your pets and best-selling cozy mystery author Diane Harmon. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get started. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's national award-winning author and animal advocate, Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-host, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the D O G G Y D I V A dot com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. back everyone to the doggy diva show i am here with monica layton president of professional pet sitting with our pet tip of the week and monica we've got like an important day and actually we have an important month it's id your pet day and lost pet prevention month can you tell us about that because this is really really important absolutely so july the first is id your pet day but july is lost pet prevention month so we're literally celebrating everything about keeping our pets safe and at home. So a couple of things just to make sure that um, your pet is properly identified because this is so important. I mean, this is first thing whenever you get a pet is get them ID'd. Um, I, I will never forget the day that I got my dog, Baby. And we're talking, I mean, she lived to be 18. She was only two years old when I adopted her. And it was at one of the events for my office. 
And um, she hadn't been adopted out by the end of the rescue event. And the lady from the shelter um, was like, oh, I was so hoping that this one got adopted. She's so skittish. Um, and she's at the end of her time limit that we have with her. And I really, she's so nice, but she's so fearful that nobody really gets to know her. And of course, my heart broke. My sister fell in love with the dog. She was playing with her the entire event. And my mom's like, okay. <laughs> well, we had her at home for about 30 minutes before, I don't know, somebody had, I think, Somebody was walking in the door or something happened to where like a door shut and it was loud enough to where it startled her. And she flew out the door. I mean, flew out the door. She took out the screen door, past the front door and literally took the door down. Like she went through the screen in the middle of the door and took the door out because she was just so fearful. And the dog was loose for like four days because she was so fearful We couldn't, like, you would see her, and she would come up, and then she would stand about six feet away from you, and the second you would try to get any closer, she'd haul butt. (laughs) She was just so fearful. And that happened for days and days and days. And luckily, you know, it was, the event was at the office. The first thing I did before we even got in the car to leave for the day, I'm like, well, let's get her an ID tag. We microchipped her, and, you know, made her an ID tag and put it on her collar. So a couple of days later, she had gotten so tired from being chased around the neighborhood so much by us trying to catch her that she walked into a local bakery. Their their door was open, like their, you know, the front door to their business. And she just laid underneath their table and took a little nap. And the lady closed the front door when she saw her come in and she got my number off her collar. And called and I went and picked her up and she ended up being the best dog in the world. Like, you know, we worked with her and so that way she wasn't as skittish after she got to know us a little bit. And I mean, you saw how baby was after. Baby was so chill. But when I met baby, baby was so chill and she was really just like, Mm -hmm. she was like very chill. Wow. Was awfully trained. Like after I went through and worked with a trainer with her, I, she never had to be leashed. I could walk her anywhere and she was totally verbal commands. She would, but she was just so skittish because of whatever past she had had. She was so fearful that she just started out. And that's generally the case here of things, you know, after like 4th of July is one of the biggest days for animal services and, um, lost pet services because like fireworks and things like that, pets get so scared. They just dart. So definitely making sure that your pet always has a microchip, but not only a microchip, have an ID on them because so often, I mean, I even had this instance the other day we had came home and this literally just happened Thursday night for us. And, um, we had just walked in the door. We were in a little late and it was trash day, and I had sent Haley out to uh, bring the trash can in from the from the corner of the house and put it back on the side of the house and everything. And she went to go walk outside, and she's standing in our front patio, and she goes, Mom, can you come here, please? Uh, and I walk outside, and there's this huge, beautiful shepherd just staring at uh, her through the street door. <laughs> and the dog was huge. I mean, just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous shepherd. But the poor little guy had no collar, no ID, and I had seen him walking around the neighborhood. Now, we haven't been in this neighborhood for too long, 
So I know a couple of the neighbors, but not all of them. And I know I've seen the dog walking on a regular basis, but I couldn't kind of figure, I had an idea of which house it belonged to, but I wasn't sure. And um, so I, you know, slowly approached the dog to make sure it was friendly. And it was a little standoffish at first, but as soon as I kind of ducked down a little bit, got to his level and just called him over from afar, he came right over and he was just an absolute love. And so I uh, walked him over to the house that I thought was his, and he seemed to know exactly where he lived, because as soon as we got to the driveway, he ran right up, he started pawing the front door, like, let me in, people, I am I am done with my visit, and it's time to go in. The family was not home, they have a huge, really nice fenced-in yard, and it's not like chain link or anything, it's those big, like, solid, pillar, white very high fences. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, okay, well, you got out, so apparently your people aren't home, and they don't know you're out. And I went over to the side of the house where the fence was, thinking, oh, my gosh, maybe did he dig out? Um, Looking around, and there didn't seem to be any dig holes or anything, and um, the fence was securely latched. So it's not like, you know, he accidentally opened the door. I'm thinking, okay, hmm, all right. And so I tried to get in touch with the owner because they had a ring doorbell. And I guess the ring wasn't working. So I pressed it a couple times. Well, apparently it wasn't working on the home end, but it binged their phone, you know, on the ring app. So they saw me having conversations that she came (laughs) over after she got home. And she goes, oh, my gosh, you were so cute because I saw you talking to the dog. But you couldn't hear me talking to you. But long story short, I am, I, when I checked the, um, when I went to go check along the fence line again, there was the other gate and, um, which was locked, but I, um, was able to push it open and the dog went zoomed into the house. And of course I had a mini heart attack because here I am not even sure that this is this dog's house. (laughs) And I'm like, these people are going to come home and there's going to be a huge German shepherd in their back dog, back door. (laughs) And they're not going to know who this dog is. So as soon as we saw them pull in, like I ran out and I'm like, do you have a shepherd? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do. Do now. <laughs> oh my and gosh. The, and the dog did not want to, I, I was going to just take them home with me and, um, you know, kind of wait until they got home, but I couldn't get the dog out of the yard. Like as soon as he was able to get into the gate, he would not come back out with me. How did so he get out? Was, did he jump it? He jumped the fence. <gasps> so apparently the kids have a trampoline. Don't even tell me. Uh-huh. Oh and my. the dog is beautiful. But he was, he was he, when we were getting him to his house, he was like running out in the road. Like he's big, he's fast. And, um, you know, I'm like, I, I, I wasn't sure if it was your dog because he didn't have a collar on with his ID. So, and she was like, oh my gosh. She goes, we've got it. You know, we've got one. We just don't keep it on him all the time. And she's like, I, I absolutely am for now on. And yeah, I always tell people, you know, it can happen in an instant. You never know when they're going to get out. And this particular very handsome boy has a doggy door that um, he can use when the parents are gone to get into the yard. So apparently he had used the doggy door from the house to go out into the yard. 
And apparently he got bored and started playing and bounced himself over the fence. It's it's horrifying, but at the same time, you're going, oh my gosh, how ingenious that they would think. I had a I friend know. who put one of those great big, you know, they're big privacy fences. I mean, it was six feet tall and they adopted a dog. It was like part shepherd, maybe part Gatalua. They wouldn't know. They'd put the dog in the yard and they'd be playing and sleeping on the lanai. And then the next thing they know, it was gone. It they figure it out. It could. They watched it after a while. Scale the fence, and that's the reason why you should always have pet ID. I learned it the hard way because one of my greyhounds. This is when we lived in New York. We had a chain link fence around our yard, and we were bringing the groceries in. And he pushed the. When you have a chain link fence, it just has that U thing that you could push up. He pushed it up and ran out because he used to watch this one dog, a beautiful Afghan. He used to watch her walk by our house with her owner. And so he went out after them. They were heading towards the highway and he went out after them and he had no collar on and they didn't know whose he was. So we went out with our car and I said, I know where he is. He's, he's after that Afghan dog. And ever since that day, and this was like in the nineties, all our dogs, no matter if they're laying around the house, no matter what they're doing, they always have ID on because you just never know. So yes, that's kind of what ID your pet day is all about because microchips are definitely the way to go. No doubt, especially when it comes to disasters and hurricanes and pets getting out, you definitely want to have a microchip. However, I always remind people that that's not the only form of ID you should have on your pet. Simply because for these instances where it's somebody in your local neighborhood, even if it's after hours, you know, when you're not able to get to a veterinarian with a lost pet with a shepherd in my yard, the office was closed. It was already after hours. I come home for the evening after work. So, you know, your average neighbor is not going to have access to a vet open Mm -hmm. seven o'clock when you're coming home and they had left to take their kids to their sports practice or whatever. (laughs) That, you know, the dog just kind of let himself out. He just like says, <laughs> time for my nightly stroll. Oh, my parents uh, aren't So often pets can be returned back to their home very safely and quickly, especially when it's someone within your neighborhood. If they simply have an ID on that has their address and phone number on there, because you kind of see your neighbors and sometimes you talk to them, but busy, you know, everyday day-to-day life gets into the effect and people are working and you're always like, you know, you see that person walking down the road that you wave hello to, like, you know, we had seen them before when they passed the house, but we never had any idea which house was there. Having, having a collar on them with where they belong can get them home the fastest when it comes to something about something as you know simple as your pet getting out of a gate or something easy like that. It gets them home much quicker than if we had had to call animal control and have them picked up because we didn't know. And then they would have had to place a lost pet report, try to figure out where the pet had gone to. So it was a very soft you know, fast way for the neighbors to just kind of get them home. July being lost pet prevention month. And it falls in the middle of, for us down here in Florida, it falls in the middle of hurricane season, which makes it all the more important because you just never know what's going to happen when one of these storms hits. And you and I have been through so many together, Monica, that lost dogs, lost uh, people having to displace themselves because of going to shelters, make sure that the shelter takes pets, make sure you always have the ID on your pet with the current ID contact information too. So these are really, really, really important things. It could save a lot of heartache. Absolutely. 
So, well, as always, I thank you for bringing these great tips to us. This is really important. July 1st being ID uh, your pet day and July being lost pet prevention month. Thank you very much, Monica. And all of you out there, please make sure as you look at your pets right now, get their IDs are on them right now. Absolutely. Get those collars on or harnesses on with the ID tag attached. That way your pet can always get home if it gets out. Thank you very much, Monica. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Have a great week. You too. We'll be back in a minute. Hello, everyone. Susan Maria Miss Olive here to announce the release of the second book in the Doggy Diva Diaries series, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Friends, a story about Miss Olive's encounters with bullying at a dog park and how she learns a life lesson. Please check out the original award-winning book, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home, which is a story about adoption and rescue. Both books are available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And please visit TheDoggyDiva.com for more information. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, the latest in cozy mysteries from best-selling author Diane Harmon. Stay with us. As a veterinarian, I want you to keep your dog as healthy and happy as possible. After all, our dogs reward us with fun, laughs, love, and a ton of affection. Well, what better way to reward your dog's loving companionship with Rockwell's Pets Pro Natural Dog Vitamins? These vitamins help provide a powerful fusion of amino acids, trace minerals, vitamins, digestive enzymes, aloe vera, and glucosamine, which helps support a healthy canine metabolism and promotes a strong immune system. Plus, they're 100% satisfaction guaranteed and produced in the United States. Help give your dog a healthy skin coat, healthy hips and joints, and immune support. For more information, go to rockwellpetspro.com. That's rockwellpetspro.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. As most of you know, I am a big cozy mystery lover, especially when dogs are featured as characters and I get to read about yummy, yummy food. Well, today we welcome back my favorite cozy mystery author. Actually, my Kindle is full of her books, who has multiple series featuring animals as key characters, and Miss Olive is so honored to have been selected as one of them. And the books have yummy food and the recipes. So my husband's happy. I call her the queen of cozy mysteries. She's an award-winning, best-selling author. Welcome back to the show, Diane Harmon. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be back. And I love it about the yummy recipes. And I have to tell you, during the pandemic, my husband you know, couldn't play golf, couldn't do much. So he started really cooking. And so a lot of the recipes the last few months have been uh, things that he's cooked and come up with. And uh, I'm glad that we can now do some walking and things like that, because I was beginning to wonder about the clothes fitting after a certain point. <laughs> oh, I can relate to you there. And I have to tell you that even though I missed you so much, Olive and I missed you, but we feel like you were with us because... I have your, as I said, I have your books loaded in my Kindle. John would walk by me. I have a big comfy chair I do my reading on. Because, I mean, we were all at home for a long time. 
that yes. he would go, thank goodness for Diane, because it <laughs> keeps you and Olive, you're very happy in your little chair there reading your books. And I have to tell you, I bet you I'm not the only one. I bet you there's so many people out there who, as soon as you, because I get your newsletter, I know what's coming, so I pre-order everything. As soon as that day well, comes, it's you. downloaded, we hop right on there and read it. I think you helped a lot of people get through this pandemic. I really well, do. I you probably remember I decided to do something that my accountant said I was crazy of giving a free book or yes. putting a book at 99 cent every day. And I was just going to do it for 30 days. Well, then I figured the pandemic would be over. What did I know? I know. So I did it for, a, you know, another 30 days and then another. So I did it for 90 days. And uh, I can't tell you how many people wrote and said, you, you kept me sane during this. I knew every morning I could see what was either going to be free or on yes. sale. And I just, I did that. And then, as I said, finally, my accountant said, enough. <laughs> <laughs> enough. He said, okay, life's getting back to normal. So stop. <laughs> yeah, that was just about the mess. So I did. But, uh, oh, but I hope it did. There wasn't anything I really could do during that. But I thought, well, maybe this is something that I can give to people and no. help in whatever way I can. I'm not out there in the battlefront or some of the people that I admire so much, the nurses and all of those oh, yeah. people. But this was my little shot at it. Well, so let me tell you, it, it helped us go through and looking forward to your emails, looking forward downloading them all. Thank and of course, you. I have Thank Kindle you. Unlimited. So you were like, oh my gosh, it was so, it was just so wonderful what you did. And you know what? Well, thank I, you. For any of the listeners who may not be familiar with you, which I find it hard to believe, but there may be some out there, you have such a, a such a diverse and interesting background before you became an author. Can you just share with the listeners a little bit about yourself and you know your personal background and what kind of inspired you to get into this cozy mystery uh, genre? I mean, you have so many books and they're all captivating and the characters are all captivating. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I uh, started out as an antique and art appraiser, and then I became disenchanted by how people define themselves by their stuff. So I went a different route and went into yoga and opened a couple of yoga clinics. And then my husband became a politician and ultimately became a, a state senator. So I had to wine and dine and entertain in Sacramento, California, where we lived. And while he was doing that, so the, a lot of the recipes come from that time because we were entertaining three and four nights a week and I was doing all the cooking. And so that that's it. As far as the cozy mysteries, I had written a couple of political suspense books and somebody said, you know, the food in your setting is kind of like a cozy mystery. I was unfamiliar with the genre. So I picked up a couple of books and I thought, oh, I could do this. I could write a cozy mystery and then I could put dogs in it and food and recipes. Yes. And that's exactly how it started. And my first book was Kelly's Coffee mm -hmm. Shop in the Cozy Mysteries, and it just went kind of like viral mm -hmm. or something. And I thought, what is this? And I realized there are ded people dedicated to this genre that read them like candy, uh, you know, one a day. And I kind of like keeping the books not too long. The first book that I ever wrote was something like 470 pages. And I decided with the cozies, I'd keep them around 200, 210 or something like that. So people could read it in an afternoon if they can read fast. 
and and that's like what I do. I can like I could literally finish a book comfortably in a day, not like I can too. Yeah, I can comfortably. It's very comfortable and. You pick right up where you're going. I mean, it's it's the 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 way that you write them and the length of the book is perfect. Just well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. And I have read that more and more people with all of the Twitter and things like that, they don't have the desire anymore to sit down and read War and Peace mm-hmm. or some huge huge book. They prefer to complete it. Yes. And go on to the next. And I think there's some truth in that. In fact, Amazon is just starting a new thing called Bella or something like that, where they're doing it in installments. Wow. Because people don't have, don't want to spend that much time reading. So they, it's kind of like the old serials or something like that. Yeah. The novellas and stuff. Yeah. But I'll be curious to see how it works. And uh, I think maybe the younger generation, particularly, they're used to that instant, yeah. instant. Yes. Oh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Interesting well, times. Interesting times. And now, with all the stuff that you've done, how did you incorporate all of those life experience into your books and into your characters? Uh, it wasn't done, you know, as something I really felt I needed to do. It just kind of came up. I'd find, uh, I love to travel. So naturally, there were places that the travels are from there, the food or from my experiences. And then when you're older, as I am, you have some life experiences and they're bound to put themselves in the book. I, other than writing dystopian or something like that, I can't believe that most authors don't inject a bit of themselves in their books. I think you almost have to because that's your view of the world. And I think it's kind of like one of your signatures. I know when I read your book, because I know your background, you know, I know that you, you have a, a, a lot that, that you've experienced before becoming an author. And sometimes I'll read it and I go, oh my God, I wonder if Diane really did that. Well, I wonder if Diane met a person like this. So it's like you incorporate experiences and the character's experiences, which are not like the typical experience, sometimes they're fleshed out and go pretty in depth. And that's, that's what I like. I like the character that I could really bond with or get to know. And that's what you do. You kind of flesh them out that way. So I think sometimes it's because you have such a great background and great experience and you've done a lot. So I have in the high desert, uh, the lead character is an antique and art appraiser. Well, that was kind of a no-brainer. <laughs> and that's and one of my so, favorites. That's the uh, one Olive was in. Yeah, that's what I, I just love. But I loved Miss Olive and I love Miss Simone in that oh, book. I, know. I just thought that was so fun. Yes, yes. I, and I love those characters I just, too, by the way. I've had people ask me, well, who's your favorite character? And I'll say, well, that's kind of like, who's your favorite child? Yes. <laughs> you can't make a decision because at the time you're writing it, you love them or you wouldn't be writing it, I wouldn't think. How many series do you have now? You know, I don't know off the top of my head, but probably around eight or so. What I have done, once in a while, I'll write a book and start a new series and think, oh, this is really interesting. But the public doesn't like it. So I don't want to spend my time continuing in that series when I can write a new book in a series that I know my readers really like. Well, I want to but tell just, you, during the pandemic, something good came out of it for me. <laughs> you started to write this series that I finished the book like in an afternoon, the first one. 
And it's the Chef Danny Rossetti Cozy Mystery. You started, yes. I think it was last summer. Yes. I have to tell you, Diane, I love that. I mean, I love your characters, but I really love that character. I love what she does. I love her sense of independence, but she's very compassionate and caring and smart. So I Well, I like her, her. too. <laughs> yes. I, I had fun with her. She kind of came about that I was curious, what would my readers like to see? And it came out, they really wanted a strong woman lead who was not dependent on a man and nor, or married to a man. They, they said, all of your uh, lead women are married to men. And I thought, well, that's true. And, you know, I had a number of women say, I'm single and I'm very strong. So I'd like to see one about that type of a woman. That was the genesis for the chef. And, of course, I wanted to make her into something that interested me as far as her vocation. And cooking certainly did. I could see the that, rest, yeah. <laughs> the rest of it just kind of came about um, the niece who she's forced to adopt and to take care of. And it just and then she's rather precocious and none of that was planned i think i've told you before susan that i'm not uh an author who writes out um you know a a complete view of what to look chapter by chapter i just start writing and the characters tell me where it's going and And that's the magic of it well i don't know if it's magic my husband thinks i'm probably committable but uh, (laughs) in any event that's that's what works for me i have tried once or twice to plot out a book and I felt like I was actually being strangled that but that's not what the character wants to do mm-hmm. that's just not what the character wants to do uh so I have to have the freedom to just kind of see where they're going well and I and I and I love in this series I mean I love the characters I love the little girl she's very precocious you could tell she's going to grow up to be an independent person an independent woman oh, yes. and um but now you've had three in the series and you have your fourth one coming yes. up which i can't wait i already have it pre-ordered sitting Thank right you. so mystery, can you give mystery, us yeah. i love it can you give us any hints what to expect in the fourth book yes it takes place in provence france uh, mystery at the chateau madrigal i had spent some time in provence years ago and fallen in love with the area and i thought wouldn't it be fun to have danny be the caterer for a wedding in a chateau uh, and it, it turns out they be, they're winemakers and the who's who of France and the, the bride to be disappears the morning of her wedding. And of course they're panicked. Do we put on the wedding? Do we keep catering? You know, what do we do? And, uh, that's where it comes about. I have to tell you one cute thing. My husband reads all my books and occasionally he'll go, yeah, you know, I think you need a little more work on this or, oh, that's good. <laughs> But he finished that one, and I was downstairs, and he came downstairs, and he had a Kleenex in his hand. I said, what is that for? Uh, this is a man I've been married a long time, and I've <laughs> seen him cry maybe three or four times. He said, you can wipe the tear off my cheek. I said, what? He said, I had tears rolling down my cheek. I, I can't read, wait I to read chapter. this. He said, I loved it. So uh, that made me feel good because uh, 
he's my my strongest uh, proponent and my harshest critic. Oh, but that says a lot. Oh, I can't wait to read it. It and you know what? Um, another series that uh, and I've talked about this when you've been on the show before because the Danny Rossetti one is is relatively new. It's only yes. maybe a year old, and we've been talking for years. One of them that you um came up with that I love, and I and I find that. And my, you know, in, in acting with people that, that a lot of them are these cozy mystery lovers are a lot like me and that we were like Nancy Drew mystery kids yes, when we were yes. young and your Holly Lewis mystery series. It's like the perfect read for us Nancy Drew alumni. And I believe that <laughs> it engages younger readers, but it's like, I feel like I belong to a little club whenever I read that book because it's the closest I've ever gotten to reading Nancy Drew. And I'm sure we talked about this before, Diane, whereas I can remember the Nancy Drew books. As soon as they'd come out, my mom would have me at the store and my mm-hmm. bookshelf, I had a wall of bookshelf. I would just line up those Nancy Drew books and I loved them. They were like my so friends. Yep. They were like so my friends. I. And I looked around and I didn't see anything that was out there. And I know there are a number of us that are Nancy Drew alums. And this is what spawned the series. Um, as I've gotten into it, I've talked to younger people to see more what their issues are today, which were different than the traditional Nancy Drew and the so-and-so case or something. So I'm going more into social issues that young people deal with. Uh, the Later, the, the last one that was out was Holly and the Cyberbully. Oh, yeah, and that was very We're certainly seeing impactful. bullying yes. at a whole different level than mm-hmm. it was when it was just the playground bully. Yeah. Uh, and so I wrote that one. The next one that comes out is Holly and the Underage Party, and that comes out, I believe, in the beginning of July. And it's really uh, a book about choices that young people make and most of the people i know certainly i did went to underage drinking parties Mm -hmm. is it good no but is it a fact yes but going to one and doing it once or twice is quite a different thing from doing it habitually drinking to the point where you're blacking out when you're driving and hitting a car and what if it had been a person you know these are some of the ramifications if it goes a little too far. And so that's how what spawned that book, uh, just that it is a problem. And it's always going to be a problem. I mean, there's no answers to that. But it's there, and maybe if people think a little bit about it when they are at one or something, uh, that would make me feel good. Well, and that's what's important about this series because it has, it's it's not in your face social issues, but it's like, there's always like an underlying, there's like a social issue, um, that, like you said, the last one was bullying. There was homelessness. I mean, there's just so much and it's a subtle thing, but it also is great. That's why I say for me, I'm a Nancy Drew alum, but I mean, for women who want to bring their, whether it's grandchildren, daughters, whatever, into the fold, because it makes you think it, it's, you learn how to figure out things. I'm telling you, it's, it helped me figure out a lot of things. And I became yes. uh, an employment investor doing legal things. And my dad and my mom used to joke, thank goodness you read Nancy Drew books because she can figure oh, anything out cute. now. And that's, <laughs> that's how great. I look at this. And I think that, you know, people who want to have their young, younger kids read it. I think it's a great way to segue 
not only trying to figure out who or how it gets done, but also it introduces them to maybe some social issues that they don't have a lot of uh, experience with, or maybe know a little bit about, but don't know a lot about. So I, that's why I like the Holly Lewis series. I think that it, um, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It teaches people a lot. Now, before we go, is there anything else that you want to share? Any new books, other new books coming out or anything we should, cause I, I have those two and I do have another one ready to be downloaded that, that it's new for me. So is there any other books or anything you want to share with us that's coming up? I have one coming out. Oh, I think it's going to be the very end of August. The Dear Reverend. And it's a standalone book. I'm not looking at it as a series, although if enough interest is generated, I might. And it's kind of a family saga of what's really important, fame or fortune, or family, fame, fortune, or family. And choices we make, decisions we have to make, and what the protagonist has to make in this one. Um, I hope it resonates with people. I This is one I wrote about eight or nine years ago, and it was a, a, a big book, and for some reason I never published it. I got into the cozy mysteries, I think, about that time. But it's always stayed with me, and I kept finding myself going back to it. And then I thought, well, I'm just going to put it out there and let's see what happens. And again, there certainly are social issues in this one. But I think that at the end of it, you may have a little tear on your cheek, but you're going to have a smile on your face. So I hope uh, everyone looks forward to it because I am. Well, I can't wait. I have that one that's on my list too. So I can't wait. I just wasn't sure if it was a standalone or if it was part of a series because it looked like something new and I, and it, uh, and I can't wait to read it. So good. Good. Now, where can the listeners go to learn more about you, to learn more about your books, to get on your, I love your email list. Cause I always know what's coming up. I know what's coming out. I know what to, and I'm sure that there's many listeners out there like me. That's their Kindles, probably the most utilized object in their house, but, yes, um, unfortunately, yes, yes, I know. And, uh, where can they go to find out more about all this? Uh, well, you can go to my website, www dot Diane D I A N N E Harman H A R M A N dot com and sign up for my newsletter and you'll receive a couple of free books and then you'll receive my newsletters which will always tell you what's happening with new books what's on sale what's free um, and I also have new releases by other authors on there or deals they're doing. So it's not just about Diane Harmon. It's also about, in fact, just this week I put on uh, a book about a, a debut author. It was her first book, but I thought it was good. I saw and, that. Yeah. I'm thinking that I might get that. That looks like it's an interesting yeah, book too. Yeah, it is. It is. And so I feel that no matter how many books one reads, there's always more room mm -hmm. and uh, new authors. And I know I'm always thrilled when I find a new author uh, that I really like because sometimes I get jaded. It's the same old, same old. And they're not writing any more books right now. <laughs> I'm waiting for them. So I understand that. I need new blood. <laughs> thank you again for being our guest. I'm so glad we got you back on. I'm so glad that the, the pandemic and COVID were kind of all putting it behind us, you know, moving on. And thank you for helping me get through it. Miss Olive and I with your books, I read and reread things. I mean, it actually kept me 
helped keep me like going. So, and I'm sure you, many, many other readers did too. And I also want to thank you personally for um, including Miss Olive in, in the Murder and High Rollers. She's on the cover and she's so cute. So I've had several, you know, people tell me, oh, I love that cover. So, uh, <laughs> she's had her day and is still having it because people are still buying. So I love give it. Give her a hug and a kiss for I me. I will. <laughs> she's, she's right next to me and she knows. She knows I'm very happy and animated about this. And thank you because you know what? You captured her characters like a little bit magical and very cute. And of course, we yeah. have her in her little Carrie thing. So she is like, you had her down <laughs> to the T. So I thank you very much. And And as always, we love having you on the show. I've got to get you back on in a couple of months. We'll talk about some holiday, get things ready for people to get their Kindles loaded up for the holidays. So, Diane, it's always a pleasure. Can't wait for my new books again. Holly, the latest Holly Lewis book is going to be coming out soon. The new Danny Rossetti book's coming out soon. And then Dear Reverend's coming out. So get the newsletter. Go to D-I-A-N-N-E-H-A-R-M-A-N.com. And for those of you that aren't quite sure what we're talking about, you're going to find out real quick and be glad that you did. So, Diane, thank you so, so, so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And happy post-pandemic. Yay! Woohoo! Thanks. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. We'll be back in a moment. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, Please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.